It might get loud. It might light a fire within you. It's all hands on deck. Now, for your listening pleasure, 94.9 News Now presents Mean Chet Martin, the Long Island redneck Brian Bro, and fearless C.V. Burton. This is Freedom on Deck. Welcome to Freedom on Deck on 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. Mean Chet Martin here with you. And by my side, the fearless one himself, Mr. C.V. Burton. Hey, what's going on? What's going on, brother? How you been? I've been okay. As good as I can, That's good. As, as good as I can be. <laughs> Were you happy to be back on the podcast? The podcast, yeah, was... I thought this week was pretty good, huh? Yeah, that was fun. I appreciated that. It only took us two years to keep saying we were going to do it again. And yes. then when, finally, when they took a half hour from us, we had an excuse where we actually had to do it. To the audience, go back and go back and listen to it. It's only a half an hour long. It's on our website, freedomondeck.com. Or you can even find us on Spotify. And when you're driving your car, you can listen to Freedom on Deck. All our podcasts are on Spotify now. So I called Lee. He was hosting for Wayne Allen Rudy's. Um, we talked about the Hunter Biden videos that have been dropping everywhere, CV. Uh, it's amazing how I have several of them that have come through to me. Mm-hmm. And... We have a video of Hunter weighing out crack rocks and arguing with a prostitute about the amount of crack that he's weighed out. Yep. Um, it then puts a bag on her face, and, and then uh, as far as that goes any, any further, we don't really need to talk about that. But this is just one of several videos that have been dropping, and now you can kind of put it in pin form and you can send it to your buddies through text messages. The first person I actually got this video from was Brian, uh, who is, by the way, not here this week. Um, But he sent me this, and I think he sent it to you as well. Uh, You know, for all this to be dropping, for this to be exposed, not that we didn't have them before, but now that everybody is using this stuff and the media still is silent, it's almost embarrassing to the point where I think they're going to have to confront this. Uh, the sad part about this whole thing is I think Donald Trump would have an easier time with Joe Biden than anybody else. So I would like to see Joe Biden try to run again. But I don't <laughs> see how the media can continuously look the other way with this guy. And the more that these things start to drum, drop down, uh, CV, I think it's a less of a chance that this guy actually runs. And that could be a bad thing, I guess. But I don't know what what else they would uh, march out against Donald Trump. But, you know, Joe Biden has gotten a pass for so long with so many different discrepancies when it comes to the way that he touches females, the way he touches oh, yeah. children, his son, uh, the, uh, the offshore accounts with his brother and his son, all the uh, threatens that, you know, the threatening phone calls that he made to different uh, leaders around the free world as far as, uh, you know, don't look into my son or you're not going to get that money. These are the things that this dirtbag does, and it just doesn't ever seem to turn into anything. If Donald Trump and his family did one-fiftieth of the shenanigans that the Biden regime or the Biden crime family, I should call it, the Biden crime family has done... The news would never stop talking about it. It'd be round-the-clock details, and this is breaking, and this is breaking, and that's breaking. And, uh, but you know what? Trump was spied on for six years. For the last six years, he's still being spied on. And <laughs> they haven't We're found, all being spied on. They found squat on Donald Trump. He has to be the cleanest human being on Earth. I mean, even you and I couldn't get away with that. yeah but they still pretend like they have so much on him they don't have anything it's such pretenders the the deep left they cannot have a debate they refuse to have a debate they don't want to humanize their opponents so they don't even want to acknowledge their existence except for the fact that we're uh, supposed to be uh, nazis and and whatnot but they make no sense they are they are mentally ill and you cannot argue with them you cannot reason with them we can we all we can do and you certainly can't compromise with them like the rhinos are trying to do and uh, the only thing we can do is defeat them we have to play smash mouth we have to get tough 
We have to get tough. And you know, that's funny that you said that because that was actually the point of the phone call when Lee was taking calls on war. And we both said that. And Lee said, we have to start hitting them and driving this home and beat them with the kind of tactics that they use against us. Mm -hmm. And that's my point. You know, all of this stuff that they have on Hunter and some of these videos, bro, I don't know what he's doing. I don't know why the man is running around on the beach naked with a bomber jacket on that has the Ronald Reagan, uh, USS Ronald Reagan on the front. And a Breaking patch, out in his and sweat he's get- and he's saying, I've been clean for three days. Oh, that's what clean? Yeah. Looks- that's what clean looks yeah. like? Yeah, and he's like, she wanted to come on a walk. And I'm like, what is this guy doing? And why is this what makes the rounds? Why is this something that is not plastered all over social media? And, and you know what it is? They have cornered the market on anything. Of course, the media is not going to cover it. We know that. That's not a surprise. But if you post any of this up on Facebook or Twitter or any of the other social media sites out there that favor the left, which is most of them, um, it gets taken down, reported, or they call it fake news. Now they're starting to say, oh, these are doctored videos. Dude, come yes. on. We're going to start up with this stuff again now. Yeah. Yeah, that's they a, are though. Yeah, that's a CGI Hunter Biden uh, walking yeah. around. They, boy, the technology has gotten really good lately. But you know what? They they even got the the um, terrified look in his eyes that that look of insanity in his eyes. Boy, CGI really, you know, it, it expresses a lot of uh, emotion because the guy's spacing out. His eyes are like staring out into space. He looks terrified. He looks he looks mentally ill. And uh, I don't think the greatest CGI or artificial intelligence could create that look in, the, in his eyes. You know what? They tried to get ahead of this. And it's funny that we're talking about the CGI. I remember a few years back, I remember when MSNBC was saying, they've gotten so good at creating these memes soon. They're, they're going to have technology to make videos that actually looks like a, a politician doing something and it's not it's not going to be real so you have to be careful. I remember when I first heard them talking about that I said something's going to happen. They are they are leading oh. and this was and this was right before Biden yes. ran. They telegraph now, I, what they're going to do before they do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I knew they were going to try that and it, luckily for them they didn't have to worry about it because everybody, you know, the FBI hid the servers anyway yeah. so everything everything was swept under but it's funny they all they know what's going to happen before we do so they're able to kind of like air it out there and all the lunatics that are like never trump hateful democrats they'll go and they'll remember that and they'll say just remember those videos are doctored and they believe this stuff. Yeah. These people are sick, man. They're sick. And that's why we have somebody like this getting away with everything that he's gotten away with. It's pathetic. Yeah, so Biden can say the videos were doctored so that he doesn't have to say, I was in the pool! I was in the pool! <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yes, I remember that. And, and it was the uh, rubbing down the blonde hairs. Yes. When the woman walked in on him and she laughed at him and he was like, Sign- no, I was signif- in the pool. Significant shrinkage. <laughs> yeah. Like a frightened turtle. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and then Elaine says, I don't know how you guys can live with yourselves. Yes, Elaine. Elaine Bennis. Yeah. They're very, uh, everybody's very leftist that comes from that uh, side with I Seinfeld. I, actually, I think that, I think Jerry is kind of no, he's a little he, bit. He's a. He's a. He plays offense. He plays offense right, a little bit. He's center right. He's cent- Yes, I think so because he was kind of coming at the left. He's saying they're so, they're so fragile. Yeah, and he, he's kind of putting that into his comedy act. All right, man. Listen, we're gonna come up. We have another segment to go. I wanted to mention though before we keep going, we have some really great guests on the line with us uh, throughout the show. Uh, at the very end of the show, we're doing. Two segments, and I'm actually having Hayward Gatch come on. He's been with on, on with us before. And Hayward is of the left persuasion, but we are actually going to be exposing certain accounts that are out there on TikTok that are promoting pedophilia. And it's actually it's actually moving forward. We're trying to get this uh, this woman who's basically selling images 
of her little girl uh, in order to uh, turn them and Photoshop them into images of her little girl in very bad situations. It's disgusting. So that's going to be the big one at the end of the program today. And I hope everybody listens. But because you, you you have to know who's out there, and you have to know what you're point what you're uh, posting and who you're following. It's a dangerous world. So CV, we'll come back. We got another topic up then, and then we're going to get on with the guests. Sounds good. Don't go anywhere. Freedom on deck. Ninety four nine news down. Stimulating talk. If you lose your money. Great God, don't lose your mind If you lose your money Great God, don't lose your mind And if you lose your woman Please don't fool with mine It's a cruel Back to Freedom on Deck, 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. Me and CV, we're doing one last topic for the day. We have three guests on the docket for today, and Hayward is doing two segments at the very end. So up next is going to be Bob Swick from Swick Speak. Then we have Rebecca Ose, and then Hayward Gatch for the last two. And, I, you know, it's not to... It's not to chase you away, CV. I'm sorry that it worked out that way, but... I, I don't care. Uh, we got extra it, time on the... Uh overdrive podcast that's right that's right that's right absolutely fod overdrive make sure you go to freedomondeck.com and check it out it's the podcast that really does get you charged up and we can uh uh, throw f-bombs here and there on there we're allowed to do that but we really try not to i think that's uh that's the best way let it come out uh organically once in a while so we're hitting back at another story about the election that was stolen after the 2020 election steal. Things were very wrong. Now as experts dig into the 2020 results, the final results don't seem to reconcile with anything learning in 2020 that American elections are a mess. Now here we are a year and a half later, and we are uncovering more evidence that the final results in 2020 never should have been certified. The reported days of the election and since then that the final numbers made no sense. This was highlighted in the work surrounding the drop and roll. The Edison data was a data that was used in an above video linked on the Gateway Pundit has been dug into much deeper. Draza Smith and Jeff O'Donnell are two data experts who began looking at this data. They made numerous observations after doing so, as they noted in the article below, which is linked up on the Gateway Pundit. Some key points are Edison data with state totals are provided to mainstream media outlets like the New York Times, showing reportedly up-to-date excuse me, results of the election for each state. A separate stream of election data based on county reporting that goes to the state. The Edison state data supplied to the media and county data supplied to the state don't mirror each other and don't agree until very late in the process. These results should mirror each other at all times, accounting for timing issues. During the election, all Edison data results in 2020 for all states went to zero, and when the numbers were reported again, the Edison state data showed that President Trump had lost votes in many states. It appears that the Edison Zero event was done to make it look like President Trump was doing worse in several states. The Edison state data and county data cannot be reconciled. Edison state data was always less than county data except with D.C., Ultimately, both the Edison state data and the county data come to an agreement at the end of the election. The Edison state data appears almost completely fictional to paint a story to the public. The county may be fictional as well to some extent, but not as often as Edison state data reports. Edison data reporting is more likely related to an algorithm or predetermined value. Now it goes on a little bit longer. There's a lot more... uh, uh notes in there too as well so what we see cv it's nothing new but it shows you that there was 
a point in which it was stopped, there was a point in which Trump was ahead, and then a point where it showed nothing going on, and then it swung, swung the way to the other side. It just, you know, it's just more of the same. We know it was rigged. We know the election results aren't what they should be, and this is just more proof of it. That's According all. to this current analysis, they're looking at all the swing states where if you could picture um, two arcs, a, a blue arc going from left to right in a, in a circular you know, in, in, in a, a rounded way yes. going up yep. is a blue one. And above that was Trump is a red line going above him. And then at a certain point in the night when the uh, when they stopped counting, like you said, all of a sudden in the middle of the night, this is after Election Day, that all of a sudden shoots straight up. The blue line shoots straight up over the red line that was above it. And now it's above the red line. And then it starts going horizontal in a way that that is consistently 55% Biden and only 45% Trump to make it look realistic. So what happened was the the algorithms in the Dominion program said that they they had to make up this many ballots. And so then they started mass producing the ballots and they dumped them in the middle of the night this videotape of the vans coming in and they dumped them and they started counting them and then you know other skeptics say Oh, but those are the mail-in ballots. Those are the, you know, those are the mail-in ballots or the Dropbox ballots. Those aren't the in-person uh, votes. And like, oh. no, no, oh, the- because the mail-in ballots come in before election day over a, pe- over yeah, a period absolutely. of like you know, two weeks. The, the mail, the mail-in ballots had to be delivered in four a.m. in the morning. Yeah. Like all the all the mail-in ballots were sent in at the no, same time. No, the early ballots and are processed is- like when they get there. Of course. Not 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 are. at four thirty in the morning. Sorry, and they and they want to do this again. And you know we better we better change. Well, Wisconsin is because I'll Wisconsin has outlawed drop boxes now, so it's starting. It's starting. Well, that's good. Okay, but we got to do a lot more. This is going to happen again. And you know damn well they're going to pull off with uh you know we're going to have another COVID outbreak. Or there's going to be all sorts of shenanigans that they're going to try to pull. And they're going to try to pull this stuff with, well, now you got to do mail-in balloting. Even if you can make it, you, there's going to be a total you-know-what storm. And this shows it. Even though what you said with that chart, which is linked on this story, and if anybody wants the chart, all you have to do is email us. We'll mm-hmm. send it to you. This chart shows you that it's clearly that they clearly stopped counting in order to give the votes to Biden. They try to make it look decent. Like you said, they try to make it look organic, but it doesn't. And in Arizona, the entire GOP in Arizona has voted unanimously to decertify the election. But that's just the GOP. So it, it hasn't happened yet. But they did all vote unanimously to decertify Arizona. And Wisconsin is following suit. And they already stopped the drop boxes. And we all know that the uh, the watchers in the next election and the next and uh, the one after that in 24, we're going to be watching very closely. There's going to be no cardboard on any windows. I can assure you that. There better not be. I'll tell you what, this this following this story has become a huge headache because for me. I mean, it, it, you know, the ramifications I, I alone. I mean, the fallout with the Biden regime is, is is is. Oh yeah, I mean, we have the worst presidency maybe in our in our we lifetime. We have eight hundred political from- dissidents languishing in solitary confinement without a trial because they're considered terrorists. That's well. That's the you know the main thing here too. With that is, is we're treating Americans worse. I I can't remember when anything like that has happened in our lifetime um i'm sure there 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 are stories where we could go back and find similar things happening but not to that extent and not to those many people i mean these are people that gathered at an event and uh that right now they don't have any representation that doesn't happen we had somebody uh that went to fort hood and murdered american army officers Men and women, 19 of them. He said he did it in the name of Allah. He did it because he was committing jihad. He admitted that, and he got legal representation. He had more representation 
than any of those people that are being held that were at the January 6th rally. You tell me that's fair. This Biden regime is intrinsically linked with globalism around the world. And what's happening in Holland, Italy, uh, and other countries, um, Germany as well, where they're trying to take the farmer's land. This is what Stalin did. That was the first thing Stalin did. And it led to 50 million deaths of starvation. And they're bringing that here. It's already starting. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they've already done that. That's within, when you report on the farms and the animals that are killing. They say that uh, you're a conspiracy theorist. No, it's happening. The stories are out there if you look hard enough. Yeah. Um, and I'll, t- I'll tell you, the bank's shutting down. There's going to be a drop with our currency. This administration was put in place to take this country down. I think the Supreme Court has prevented a, uh, a major crisis with the farmers because they uh, deballed the EPA, which was a good thing. I agree thing. with you. I agree with you. There's very, you know, we have a lot to thank President Trump for with that Supreme Court. Even though they didn't do their job with the election, they have gotten us uh, straight with a lot of other things. And if we didn't have President Trump, that wouldn't that's be right. the case. That's for sure. Yep. That's for sure. Well, TV, um, that's going to be it for me and you, man. Hey, I'm sorry. No problem. We've got, <laughs> we've got Bob Swick on the other end of it. We've got a lot of guests coming up after that. And, of course, everybody, remember FOD Overdrive. Thursday nights, it always comes out on Yeah, the last, the last video is called From One Genocide to the Next? Question mark. Look, look for it on freedomondeck.com. It's always a lot of fun. Hey, CV, I'll talk to you soon, All man. Right. God bless. All right, everybody, Bob Swick up next. Don't go anywhere. 94.9 News Now, stimulating talk. Welcome back to Freedom on Deck, 94.9 News Now, and stimulating talk, and some of our regular guests, and he's turned into one of our wonderful regular guests, and I'm talking about Mr. Bob Swick. Uh, the blog is called Swick Speak, and you can go at Swick Speak. It's always good to have you on. I've really enjoyed bringing you back on on a uh, monthly level. Listen, a lot of this that's happening right now with our draining of reserves when we could be drilling in state. Uh, the Demic- the Democrats are trying to make make this look like uh, a, a different situation, that it's just the way things are falling. It's just the cards that we've been dealt. But the energy issue that we're receiving right now, Bob, seems to be going around in circles. It kind of reminds me of something going down a drain. And uh, I would say that's the American people's wallets while this administration doesn't get out of their own way. What do you think? I agree 110%. The biggest issues that are going on as far as the energy and oil markets are concerned, first, energy prices are basically double and in some cases triple than what they were uh, 18 months ago, 24 months ago. Number two, we have plenty of oil in ground in the United States of America to drill, to get to processing centers so they can be converted to diesel, heating oil, and gasoline. There's no reason whatsoever to jeopardize the United States safety by draining 1 million gallons a day out of the uh, the strategic petroleum reserve, which is just that. It is a reserve for a situation that can occur down the road where we have an all-out crisis of, of all, all sorts and that individuals uh, can't obtain oil, uh, refineries can't obtain oil. That's what it's there for. It's not there to drain daily in order to try to drop prices because this administration uh, disallowed and shut down so many wells, so much drilling, Keystone pipeline, fracking, so on and so forth. So energy consumers, which are basically you and I and literally anybody who buys gasoline, heating oil, propane, whatever it may be, electricity, are paying so much more money right now for no reason at all. And the Biden administration is just completely lost 
along with the Democratic Party, how to try to resolve the situation. And unfortunately, it is contributing to 41, the highest inflation rate in 41 years, an annualized yearly rate of over 17% right now because wholesale prices went up over 9.1% last month. It is runaway inflation. It is stagflation. It is just a horrific economic situation that our country faces right now which was man-made by Joe Biden and his Democratic Party. Bob Swick on the line with us. Bob, you know, when we had President Trump in office, we talked about being self-sufficient and the energy deals that he cut and and what we were doing with drilling inside the the U.S. I I, want to know more about that. How, How sufficient and how... How much better off were we with developing energy when Donald Trump was in office? I know it was the Keystone Pipeline, but what was the big difference? Where did this all turn around? How did Trump turn it around in a way that uh, helped us? And why is Biden uh, turning it the other way? Well, President Trump made it a, a positive economic factor for our economy because he opened up the Keystone Pipeline. He opened up a lot of fracking. He opened up drilling basically anywhere and everywhere. Looking down the road, he saw and he foresaw an ability for the United States to become energy independent again and to become a net exporter of both oil and refined products. He saw it as a win-win for our country. We have our energy security. If we have energy security, the economy can be stimulated. Jobs can be created. Production can take place. People can, uh, you know, freely move around because fuel prices are very reasonable. So there's a great deal of economic stimulation that was able to take place during President Trump's year. Okay, so we hit COVID-19, which creates the manufactured crisis of, of the century. And then President Biden takes over and he demands a green energy policy, which is not economically sustainable. It is not economically feasible at this time. Because the alternatives to green energy are too expensive for our economy to uh, absorb at this time, especially when you only have 68% of the workforce actually working. And you never know from day to day when the next pandemic is going to be dropped upon you by this administration or by the Democratic Party to further erode our economy and our economic system. So it's a major problem. So we went from energy self-sufficiency energy independence to being a, a, a really a bottom feeder as far as energy is concerned, sadly, with the amount of natural resources we have for oil in our country, for natural gas, so on and so forth. It's truly pathetic. Bob, it is a- Bob you know, the other pathetic part about it for me, and it, you might not agree with me, I think the Republican Party and the GOP, they didn't step up enough and say, hold on here. Um, they, they, I, I know they did, but there, there seems like there could have been more done in order to prevent all this from happening. Um, well, well, what I, what I feel that the Republicans should have done every step of the way was keep over, you know, keep introducing legislation, especially on a federal level, right? To re- reopen the Keystone Pipeline, reopen all the leasing, reopen right. all the drilling, constant day by day, do it, uh, run a, a one week filibuster on it, do something. I mean, I agree with you. I mean, it, you know, was the there Republican- was there anything that we could have put into place when Trump was in office to prevent them from going down this path that they have us on right now? I don't think so. And the only thing that we could have done, which I think was done, was there was enough stockpiles for probably a three to six month period of fuel of uh, actually fine fuel and, um, you know, the actual barrels of oil. The problem was, and as you saw, energy started to creep up very quickly mm. the first quarter of 2021 yep. to the point of where we are today, where it's it's you know out of it's really out of control. The one thing that's going to impact the tri-state area, especially Connecticut, New York, and New Jersey, and Massachusetts, Rhode Island, is the people who heat with heating oil. I really don't see how they are going to, especially lower-income people, fixed-income people, are going to pay six dollars a gallon for heating oil to heat their homes this winter. It's unreal. And that's a serious problem that is going to be faced within, you know, a three, four month period right now. It's amazing because it's affecting everyone. And it's, uh, 
you know, it's it, it, people now are deciding, can I get groceries this week or should I get oil? Can I get groceries this week? I got to fill my car up. Uh, my son's going to be using the car. We have to get gas. I mean, who would have ever thought that four years ago when we were on the path that we were on, that we would find ourselves in this spot, Bob? Yeah, I, I agree 100 percent. Because, And again, it is a man-made problem by the Democratic Party and Joe Biden. They own this economic issue. They're not responding to this economic issue. And it, and it is really, when you hit people in their wallets, you hit people with their, in their pocketbooks, they're going to vote with their wallets in their pocketbooks. And they don't realize the damage they are doing to our economy right now for the sake of green energy, which is, again, not economically feasible, it is not an economic uh, alternative right now, maybe 10 years from now, 15 years from now. Let the economy decide. Let it develop itself rather than just, you know, shutting off oil and we're going to go green and that's it. It's not possible. It really is not possible. Or do they or, or Bob, do they know? Do they care? Do they know what they're doing? It seems I, like they I, do. I, 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 I really doubt anyone who's even taken basic macro or microeconomics, if they've ever taken my class, they would not be doing what they were doing, they're doing right now in our economy. And, and again, I'll point out in Connecticut, you got two United States senators, Blumenthal and Murphy. There is no comment whatsoever on the recent economic uh, inflation rates, no comment whatsoever on the energy, on energy other than Blumenthal bellowing that he's going to there's price gouging going on at the gas stations and he's going to get to the bottom of it not realizing these gas stations are now handling literally double the amount of cash flow for less of a profit margin than they were two years ago well that's pathetic you know bob i've heard lee elsie say it before when do you think the last time dick blumenthal knew what a lo loaf of bread costed i mean the, oh, these I, people I, are devoid of any kind of knowledge of the real world so they don't see it like that Right. It's... Well, they 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 live in in a they live in a in a bubble. They live in a protected bubble yeah. of their politics. And what everyone uh, when anyone tries to question them, their arrogancy, their um, their lack of an explanation, especially in economic terms, really is failing our country on a daily basis. People got to wake up to that once, uh... once a Everybody, that was the one and only Bob Swick. Make sure you go follow him, Swick Speak, at Swick Speak. Swick Speak at Blogspot. And uh, don't go anywhere. We have a lot more show to go. We're going to talk a little bit more about energy, and we're also going to be talking a lot about the state of abortion. That's coming up next here on Freedom on Deck. to Freedom on Deck, 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. I have a guest on the line that I've been trying to get for a little while now, the Director of Research of the Center for Family and Human Rights, Rebecca Ose. Rebecca, thank you for giving us some time today. Oh, thank you very much. It's my pleasure. So since the Supreme Court decision in overturning the, overturning the unconstitutional right to abortion, there's been some hostile pro-abortion rhetoric directed from the UN to the United States from UN human rights so-called experts. So why is the UN directing uh, some negative stuff towards us for turning over something that was unconstitutional to begin with? Well, uh, the, uh, if you've been following our work, uh, looking at life issues and family issues at the UN over the last couple decades, this is really just in keeping with what they've been doing for a long time. Um, there is no international human right to abortion. We have to say that at the outset. It is not something that the General Assembly, the nations of the world have ever agreed to by consensus, and it's not part of any binding global UN human rights uh, treaty. Um, so, so that we have to say first. But, you know, much like the uh, original Roe decision, you know, sort of found a right to abortion uh, in the, somewhere in the Constitution between the lines, so to speak, 
what we've seen is that these these experts, these treaty monitoring bodies at the UN have been working very hard over the last couple of years to try and insinuate a right to abortion into the texts of the treaties that don't mention it at all, um, you know, including treaties that the U.S. has ratified. And so they've been pressuring countries around the world to liberalize their abortion laws, uh, including the United States. And of course, you know, the recent decision overturning Roe v. Wade sort of flies in the face of that effort. Um, and so that's what we're seeing right now is some of these these, uh, you know, these experts, these treaty bodies are, are very upset that the U.S. Uh, would, in fact, strengthen protections or allow states to strengthen protections for the unborn in their laws. Yeah. And uh, for us, I don't want them touching our laws. The U.N. is uh, has, has no right to come at us in this in this way. I'm glad that you're talking about it a little more. You know, there are. There's something called forced abortions out there by China. Uh, they they continue to do that to this day. That doesn't seem to be something that the U the UN stands up against, though, Rebecca. Well, to, just to be fair, the uh, some of these same human rights uh, committees do denounce cases of forced or sex selective abortion when that happens. But the vast majority of their uh, comments relating to abortion are telling countries to liberalize their laws, to decriminalize abortion, to remove whatever protections, including, of course, the conscience rights of, of health care uh, workers. Um, so, you know, they they don't want abortion to be forced, perhaps, but they also do want it to be readily available, you know, to anyone at any time. So why is this an interest for them with us in particular, do you think? Well, I think it's an interest uh, of theirs for every country. Certainly, we're not the only one to, to get this kind of pressure. But of course, you know, the U.S. is one of the most influential countries around the world. What we do uh, re reverberates around the world. We lead by example. And of course, you know, it has to be said that a lot of these, uh, you know, U.N. entities are receiving a lot of funding from the United States as well. Sure. And so, you know, certainly those who want to see abortion as a right around the world are concerned that people are going to see what the U.S. is doing and it will embolden pro-life and conservative people within other countries to, you know, to take action as well. Rebecca is on the line with us, Director of Research of Center for Family and Human Rights. Rebecca, there's a lot of misinformation out there. What they're saying right now is that abortion in America is illegal and banned, and that's not true. We know that. Uh, we know that abortions are still going on this day, probably right as we're speaking right now. Um, why have they turned Roe v. Wade into something where they, they and they do direct and talk about it like this? Because I saw them doing it on MSNBC uh, recently, like it's a constitutional right. There's so much misinformation when it comes down to Roe v. Wade. And is the U.N. using that um, to push back against us as well? Well, I think, I mean, obviously, like you say, the overturning of Roe v. Wade does not outlaw abortion across the country. What it does is it basically leaves it to the states. And so some states are indeed enacting very strong pro-life laws where they've already had laws in place that would trigger if Roe were to be overturned. And of course, other states like California and New York are doing everything they can to make abortion more available. So, you know, it really does um, create different situations in different states. But certainly um, it is the opinion of a lot of these human rights experts at the UN that abortion should be the law of the land as it was under Roe and indeed even more than it was under Roe, where, of course, we still had some state level restrictions that were allowed to, to remain in place. Um, and so, you know, their concern uh, predated the decision. They uh, several of these same experts from the UN actually filed an amicus brief uh, before the Dobbs decision that ended up overturning Roe was even argued. And so. You know, and of course, their argument is based on the idea that there is an international human right to abortion because, funnily enough, these same experts have decided that there is along the way, despite having no mandate to do that. And there is no international agreement for that. And, you know, it, it's interesting too, Rebecca, somebody sent me and it's a, a statement from Ruth Bader Ginsburg about Roe v. Wade. And, and she agreed that it, it shouldn't have been put into law and that it was that it was put into law in the, in a uh, a negative way that was eventually going to get overturned, and that's what's happened here. Uh, are you surprised at the violence from the left towards the Supreme Court justices when they made this uh, decision? We see they're doxing the children's schools. We see they're showing up to Brett Kavanaugh's house. One guy came, I believe he had a gun or a knife with him. This is really scary stuff. Is that surprising to you? 
Um, unfortunately, it doesn't surprise me. Um, it, of course, it concerns me very much. It's it's very sad, but we have seen, you know, how some of these people on the left, especially around the abortion issue, are willing to take these very extreme actions. Um, it, it is very concerning, though. You know, and I, and you say the folks on the left, and there's, I've seen some of these people uh, parading around with some very vile, disgusting. Uh, you know, signs, and one woman, it seemed to be in either second or third trimester, and she had written on her belly when she was uh, with child, not a human. Um, not yet a human. Not yet a human. That. Now it is. Which is ironic, too, because if she had said not yet a person, you could see where she was making a legal argument, right? But not yes. yet a human. It's like if, if she were, you know, <laughs> if, if anyone were to take DNA from this unborn child and, and you know, knowing nothing else about this woman or, or anything, they would know. The, the one thing they would know is this is a human. But that's a very a warped way to think. I mean, for somebody to, to um, first of all, to put that on their own stomach when when they're so far along is, is strange enough. But to actually have that kind of uh, feeling towards human life is really disturbing. And, and it's kind of scary in a way. It is. It really is. And if she feels that way about her own child, just imagine how she would feel about anybody else's. And, you know, I have to say, you know, if this is the way that they're messaging, I don't think they're going to win a lot of hearts and minds by doing that. Um, it, it doesn't seem like the kind of thing that's going to, you know, <laughs> motivate people to want to join them in their in their fight. Does it of seem course, like attacking. that's what they want? Do they want to win the hearts and minds? Because it just seems evil to me. Well, that's a very good point. I don't think that this, yeah, I, I don't think winning hearts and minds is what's behind this. I think this is more of a... Uh, well, evil is, is the only word for it, really, or demonic. I mean, certainly the attacks we've seen on churches, on, yeah. you know, crisis pregnancy centers that are looking to help people. Um, you know, it, <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. Rebecca is on the line with us. These crisis pregnancy centers, they have nothing to do with Roe v. Wade being turned, uh, turned around, right? They have nothing to do with that at all. They have nothing to do with the Supreme Court justices. They're there to help women that are maybe thinking about having an abortion, but they're giving them an opportunity to take a different path. And they're getting threatened. They're getting uh, threatened with uh, uh, violence. I mean, told. I think a few of these uh, crisis centers were told that they were going to get bombed uh, by some of these very deranged left-wing groups. Um, how do we protect against that, and what do we do to push back against that? Well, I think we certainly have to keep on providing women with alternatives, you know, especially since this ruling, you know, it is something we've already been doing. It's a, it, one of the hugest lies that's told about pro-life people is that they only care about the child before they're born and that they don't care about the woman. And, you know, I I know so many people who work at crisis pregnancy centers and support them. And that is, of course, the farthest thing from the truth. But, you know, we're going to have to mobilize to protect these spaces. We're going to have to protect, you know, the people who work at them um, and continue to provide women with real choices, you know, and real alternatives to abortion. We'll have to do it without the president. Rebecca, tell everybody where they go and check you out. Well, our organization is at www.c-fam, as in family.org. Um, and I would encourage your listeners to sign up for our weekly newsletter where you can hear stories you won't hear anywhere else about uh, life and family issues at international institutions like the UN. Um, so the Friday Facts is our newsletter. Please subscribe. Rebecca, thank you for doing God's work. Thank you. Thank you for all you're doing. Freedom on Deck, 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk, Fox News Radio. Just a step, cried the sad man. Take a look down at the madman. Theatre kings on silver wings fly beyond reason. From the flight of the seagull come the spread claws of the. Welcome back to Freedom on Deck 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. Today is an interesting show. And I have an interesting guest on the line with me. He hasn't been on for quite some time. It's been tough to get everybody on uh, as of late since um, WJJF wants to put infomercials in for the first half hour of Freedom on Deck. But I got Hayward Catch on the line with me. And uh, me and him kind of go back and forth with, uh, with, with some gabs here and there. But Hayward, it's good to have you back on. Thank you for being on the show. 
I'm very happy to be back on the now slightly shorter Freedom on Deck. <laughs> shorter and better. <clears throat> now, now, Friday, you were on with Lee Elsie, and uh, you you had mentioned to Lee why you were coming on today. Now, this has to do with an account on TikTok in which a mother of a young girl uh, seems to be okay with posting images that could be considered uh, risque at the very best, some of the comments that are being made coming from users of TikTok uh, that are being made about her three-year-old little girl are quite disturbing. Me and you don't have TikTok. You saw this. Your wife showed you this account, showed you uh, some of the disturbing things that were going on here. I didn't know this kind of stuff was happening on TikTok. So tell us what happened, Hayward. Yeah, I mean, so so this disturbing new development is what brings us together today. And I mean, it's no secret that the Internet is a big and scary place. And there's no shortage of terrible media depicting the abuse of children. Many of these kids are victims of trafficking or direct abuse from someone in their lives. But what happens, Chet, when things are just a little bit more subtle? What happens when people exist in a gray area where images and media aren't necessarily legally actionable, but are consumed by the sickest members of our society with impunity? What happens when content creators are engaging in this knowingly? This dynamic is epitomized by the incredibly influential TikTok account known as Ren.Eleanor. Now, I cannot claim to know what this content creator is intending to do because I'm not a mind reader. So I'll share the facts of the situation and use those to explain why I strongly believe this creator is knowingly engaging in the exploitation of her child and catering to online pedophiles. First, this account has 17.3 million followers who are predominantly adult males, and the overwhelming majority of the posts are featuring a three-year-old girl named Ren. At first glance, this content seems like simple mom posting, funny and goofy images of a toddler bumbling through her childhood. But let's look a little bit closer. The first indicator that something is amiss is that there are an uncomfortable amount of creepy comments on these posts. Things like, I can't wait to see this girl when she's a teenager, or she's so hot, or just the word sexy, or what's your address for kidnapping purposes, and I want to be your stepdad, or on a video where Ren is acting a little bit sad, the comment, why is my angel's face sour today? followed by seven heart emojis, seven eye heart emojis, seven open mouth emojis, seven rose emojis, and seven kissing lip emojis. You get the idea, Chet. And those are the comments that are safe for radio. And an interesting dimension to these comments, it seems these are rarely deleted by Ren's mother, who manages the account. And maybe that's because managing an account with 17.3 million followers is an impossible task. But here's the weird wrinkle. Comments like, you're endangering your child, and images of Ren are being edited and posted onto child pornography sites. Those comments get deleted with a vengeance, and that's at the very least what I call a head-scratcher. Now, Chet, you and I have never actually met but we've spoken enough that I can say with complete confidence that if you found out an image of one of your boys was being used for a nefarious purpose, you'd take that image down and do whatever you could to reduce that damage. And I know you wouldn't consider posting similar content. And obviously, I know that you're smarter than that to begin with, but I'm just speaking hypothetically here. Faced with an issue regarding one of your boys, you'd do something. And I do the same with my girls. But Ren's mother in this situation just keeps going on with the same behavior. And if it weren't for the deletion of these comments, you might give this next thing a pass. Thumbnails are an image or clip associated with each post. So when you look at her TikTok account, you will see a block of clips with Ren, which most of which look innocent enough on the surface until you dig a little bit closer, especially at the ones that have the most views. You'll see looping clips of Ren rhythmic, rhythmically sucking up and down on a straw or eating a hot dog or reacting with shock at a soda bottle, shooting a geyser of soda out of the tip of it or sliding her hands up and down on a golf club and many, many more. And on their own, they're not necessarily creepy, but in a group, 
you start to wonder. And consider this. On TikTok, apparently you get to choose the, sum, the thumbnail clip that's associated with each video. So in a much larger video, she chooses things that are described, that I've described, or might choose a clip of, for example, her falling over on a whoopee cushion and exposing her legs and crotch and diaper as the thumbnail. And it's hard for me not to come to the conclusion that she's deliberately selecting these brief clips to get clicks and drive engagement to her to get more money as an influencer. And we can start to explore the sheer recklessness here. So there's a video called Ren's Hair Care Routine, which on its own doesn't have to be creepy, but in the context, it really makes you wonder what this mother is thinking. She's doing a product endorsement of some hair products by filming her three-year-old in the bathtub. And she's not crossing any legal lines here. She has all of her clothes on. And it's not as bad as the mother who sold VIP access to footage of her daughter's first bath on her Patreon account. And it's not as bad as the diaper cream applicator company who incentivized parents with free stuff to send them videos using their product on their naked children, which they then turned around and published those videos on the internet as advertising. But in context, it helps paint a clearer picture of someone who's crossing into some very spooky lines. And this, I'm not gonna post pictures of my kids in the bathtub on the internet. I know what a dangerous place it is and that stalkers can very easily get created and kidnap children. And it's here that we get into the very dangerous territory of real world bleed over. Ren's mother, has not been particularly good about hiding their location. And that presents a serious stalker risk. Her mother's predominantly male following of 17.3 million people are going to contain a certain number of sick people. That's just statistics. Even if this account weren't catering to pedophiles, with a number that large, you're going to have a certain number of psychos. That's just numbers. And a lot of these followers are in love, well, their version of love, with Ren. And it's frustrating to think that due to the conduct of her mother, there's a non-zero chance a stalker might track them down. It's not hard. And they might kidnap Bren, and you have no idea what will happen to her after that, but it's gonna be nothing good. At this rate, I wouldn't be shocked if this little girl didn't see the age of 10. And this is what people are playing with here. When you post photos of your kids online, and this is me turning to the general audience to say, you can make the same mistakes accidentally. Don't be that person. Don't be the person that exposes your child to the risk from the darkest parts of our society. You know, Hayward, the other part of the other part of this that's really hard for me is uh, the comments that are being made. I and I didn't see it. I'm gonna probably look a little more into this because. Uh, I feel that this kind of needs to be reported. I, I feel that this woman probably is a, a danger to her daughter. And um, at the very least, and I hate to say it, this little girl, Ren, probably should be taken out of that home. And, um, I, I, you know, not that that's going to be a good situation either. You put her into the system, it can be just as bad. But this is just, it's absolutely astonishing to me. And, um, you know, and I'm not trying to get political here and we've got one minute to go so we're gonna come back it's astonishing to, to me that that if you uh put a post out there that maybe is uh you know double checked and maybe not politically uh i you know in the same ideology of what some of the facebook checkers want to say that gets taken down but graphic possibly graphic images and comments about a three-year-old little girl don't i mean society there is something wrong here these are these are some very very tough things to talk about i'm glad you came on to talk about it but when we come back, and I want you to stay here with me on uh, the next segment, too, because I want to talk about what we do to get in front of this, how we deal with it when we find it, who we talk to, who we tell, where we go, and what children can do as well to expose this, and how to be very careful, like you said, not to fall into the same uh, traps by innocently doing it yourself, because it can easily happen. This is a much more egregious situation. And obviously, uh, this little girl is going to have uh, um, some kind of scarring and bruising from all this, unfortunately. But Hayward, you hold on, and we're going to come back and uh, talk about all that, okay? Come back, Freedom on Deck, 94.9 News Now, and Stimulating Talk. Life is so strange, yes, it's so strange. 
Welcome back, everybody. Freedom on deck. Of course, Hayward Gadge, my buddy across the pond, is with us. And we were talking about this controversial account that has been getting a little bit of steam also. And Hayward, I did want to mention that there are other people uh, making videos about this woman. She has caught attention. So just so everybody understands, uh, there is there is pushback coming. And there are other people that are noticing these kind of accounts. This isn't the only account out there like that. There's probably tons of them. But it's disturbing that, that we see this kind of stuff. Now, Hayward, when someone runs across something like this, what do you think they should do? Well, a lot of people are suggesting that you report the account for uh, child endangerment or, or a violation of terms of some kind. But at the end of the day, it's up to TikTok whether or not they believe that it's a violation of terms. Of course, you and I have been in Facebook jail so many times at this point that we're very well familiar with the fact that, that justice is not always the, something to consider here. And this is where I'll bring up a, an account that was putting out a ton of content, like very thorough research critiquing this, this TikTok influencer. And she had 26,000 followers. But guess what happened to her account when she got too far? Deleted. So, uh, and this is a person I've actually managed to make contact with now through, uh, through Reddit, which is a, another online thing for the folks that don't use the internet much. She is trying to recreate her account, but is trying to get all of her content back in order so she can upload it again and trying not to immediately be deleted again. Because when it comes to social media, a lot of times it's all about the money. And 17 million followers makes a whole lot more money than 26,000. Yeah, it, 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 it is true. And it's so, you know, the disturbing part of all this is that there's an innocent life that's being thrown to these disgusting, vile human beings. For anybody to have the type of, uh, you know, gutspa to go on and to make comments in a sexual nature or even trending those lines about a three-year-old little girl, it's concerning that there are 17 million people out there that are liking these pictures of this little girl. And that's the, that's what shocked me the most when you told me what was going on here. It was the sheer number of all the sickos that were commenting or liking or following. And, you know, to be, to be, uh, Perfectly clear here, TikTok is global. So this is everywhere. This is everywhere. But it is disturbing to see that there can be so many sickos out there, Hayward. Yeah, absolutely. Like we said before, I mean, the Internet is a dark and scary place. And you're going to have huge amounts of, of eyeballs technically seeing some, you know, anything that you post, which is, again, why we have to, to think about this stuff. Like, I wasn't kidding when I, I, I said at the end of the previous segment at this rate, I, w I wouldn't be shocked if this little girl didn't reach the age of 10. You know, this is very dangerous stuff. You know, even photos of kids in diapers are, are highly prized. And like, this is its own world. Like, I, I used to know someone who dated an older man when she was younger who asked her to walk around the house in a diaper. That relationship didn't last. But, you know, for the tech savvy person, like you and I both have a background in image editing. It's not hard to Photoshop a diaper photo into a nude photo if you have a stock image to pull from to stitch it onto the original. And then you have a photo of your child that someone lifted from your public Instagram profile that just got a whole lot more marketable to these people. And once it gets out onto the Internet and more than a couple of places, Chet, it's unstoppable. And obviously your audience are not the people who'd willingly lean into these terrible worlds to exploit their kids. But more than a few might be the types that would post cute photos, not knowing what they're getting into. Please think very carefully about posting photos of your kids online and lock down your social media profiles. Facebook and Instagram both have privacy settings that can reduce your exposure to that world. And it's not perfect but it's a start. Don't bother trying to be an influencer. It's not worth your kid's safety and your chances of becoming an influencer are about as good as my chances of winning elected office. But <laughs> your chances of endangering your kids, however, are much more likely. And Chet, it only takes one person to hit that. 
and you don't know how manipulative these people can be. Um, you know, it's something I don't really talk about much on the radio as a survivor of sexual abuse when I was a child. And, you know, I, I have talked about it. I, I've talked about it on the on Lee's show, and I've had discussion with survivors of that. Th- that can be something that never, ever leaves you. And it, it's something for me, it took me a long time to get over uh, the kind of uh, the vigilance I had for some of my children till they were, you know, until Brandon, for one, until he was in his teens, and I wouldn't let him walk around the store without me. I mean, I was so uh, vigilant with that, and I, I think to an to a point, it's a good thing, and it can also get annoying for your kids too. But, but I don't think there's ever too much of that. And the thing I worry about with children that are being exposed like this, Hayward. Uh, especially when it's videos and when it's pictures and when it's something that's being posted all over the internet, you know, whether they survive till, like you said, survive until she's in her teens or not, uh, this is going to, this is going to follow her one way or the other. And, um, I can tell you from experience of when it does fall and it does turn into something else, it, it is something that is almost hard to explain unless it happens to you. Yeah, absolutely. So many people have brought up to this content creator, your child is going to have to live with the footprint of your profit seeking in the earliest years of their lives. Like that is such a strange thing. And, and, you know, you could even start to say she's using her child for money. It's almost a violation of child labor laws or something. I mean, there's there's so many dimensions that you can look to this that makes it exploitative and abusive. Like, she's going to be a teenager one day, God willing. And people are are going to probably still have those photos and videos out there. The internet's not going away anytime soon, as far as I know. And that danger to her probably isn't going to go away anytime soon. The other part of it is, you know, and I, and I hate to keep bringing this up. If we're able to take people's posts down because of fact checking, we should be able to police some of these images i mean there should be somebody that you can go to and say look what's happening here look at the comments where they can piece it together and they can look for themselves and put these things all together and come up with the same uh thought process that you came up with hayward which would be this is not a good account we have to take it down yeah so i mean like when it comes to taking action like that i mean you'll notice that i have not said she is doing this it's i feel based on what i see i'm making an assessment and connecting the dots that it seems very likely that there's some sort of abuse and exploitation happening here and a content moderator of some kind is able to make those same decisions chet but when there's 17.3 million followers that's a lot of money coming in and that's really difficult and the last dimension of this that makes it even harder is facebook is much easier to hold accountable because they're based in silicon valley TikTok is a little tougher to hold accountable. So imposing our uh, American legal standards on a foreign app has its own difficulties just logistically. So a lot of people have been just trying their best to spread awareness and to try to um, report this account as much as possible to try to create like a, a push. But honestly, Chet, to me, it seems like the best way that we can fight this is doing exactly what we're doing right now. So like TikTok is its own sort of insular world. And so when this sort of story breaks out of that cycle, what you're taking the time to do right now on your show is breaking out into the mainstream. People are listening to this right now, and those conversations are going to go toward other people and try to create some sort of a push. You know, Lee's probably listening and Lee knows Wayne. Who knows how much a story like this could expand and try to make some kind of a difference. Thanks a lot, Hayward. Hey, we do have to run next week. Come back to Freedom on Deck. Make sure you keep an eye on your children, what they're looking at on the internet. Obviously, any kind of site like TikTok or any social media site, just be very careful and look and be vigilant like Hayward is. And that's the way that we get a hold of all this. The scourge of pedophilia is a scourge that needs to be eliminated from this planet. 
Next week, we've got a lot more show to go. We've got a lot of great guests coming up, so everybody have a fantastic day. Thanks for being here with us on your Saturday with Freedom on Deck. Same Freedom time, same Freedom station next week. Everybody have a fantastic day. God bless America.